you know, stunning colleagues, obviously from the outside, it's like, well, yeah, I want to be around people that are great. Well, the downside is you're around people that are exceptional and it requires all of us to increase our A-game. And that, if you don't have the right mindset going into that, that can be really challenging. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. Today we decided to talk a little bit about our mentoring environment and how we create an environment in our company that encourages mentorship, encourages growth, and encourages people uh, to become their their best professional self. Yeah. We're looking for something that ultimately fosters trust. There's this idea that uh, business runs on the rails of trust and that many workers in America spend something like half their day thinking about their jobs and half their day thinking about the politics of the organization, their career plans, their Facebook page, whatever. And if we can uh, do things that create an environment of trust, that foster uh, growth, then we'll spend, uh, we'll have our, our team spending less time worrying about their yeah. their next steps in their careers and more time worrying about the tasks at hand and the mission of the company. Yeah, and I think that relates back to a foundational book for us, Radical Candor, which speaks to this idea that the best thing that you can do for someone is to be completely candid with them. Uh, because if it, a couple things. Number one, it comes from a place of trust, a place of encouragement, but it also uh, doesn't allow for sugarcoating or being timid about how we feel because doing that at the end of the day is a disservice to, to the person, to the individual. Yeah. Recently, I've been treating it as putting things on the table. I like this metaphor. And when I'm talking to a team member or talking to a group, I'll say something like, all right, this is a little awkward. This fits our core values, but I need to put something on the table. Mm -hmm. What that does is that takes out the uh, attack portion of it. It's not like, hey, you're not doing this right and I'm not happy. It's, I have this feeling that this isn't going right. Let me set this on the table. Let's like look at it and talk about it. It's almost like a scientific process. And now we're not looking at the person and saying, you screwed up, which may or may not be the case because I may have screwed up. Yeah. We're, we're taking the issue at hand, setting on the table as a group, and talking about it. And that's a little bit less confrontational. And it's from a mindset of kind of continuous improvement right? versus a chop your head off, <laughs> you know, yeah. you screwed up. Because we are a growing company, and for, for us to think that we're going to do everything right all the time, 100% of the time, is naive. I remember recently we had a call with a lender, and... I felt like it didn't go the way that it, it, we didn't, we didn't give our, uh, let's say we didn't give our best performance. And to the same analogy, it's this idea that you, you put it out on the table right after the call. We had a call, all of us in the team that were on that call and talked about it, talked about what we could do better, where we go from there. And when it comes from a environment of candor combined with trust and competence, it's a very effective way to, to move forward. Yeah. I think our culture pillars are crucial to this. So another, we had another issue a few weeks ago. It was, uh, I can't remember the issue, but, but at the, the moment I felt like this is really important. And what, what was important is we set the issue on the table and we said, hey, and I led with our culture pillars say that when we have an issue, we're going to put it out there. We're not going to write negative emails. We're not going to 
talk behind someone back, someone's back. We're just going to call the parties to the table. <laughs> and, and this was on the phone, so the table was was a metaphor. Yeah. But yeah. set the issue on the table and talk about it. And and it was an extremely productive meeting. And um, yeah, you know, move, solve the issue pretty quickly. So uh, yeah, and I, I think of our core values: uh, extreme ownership, honest honesty, and integrity. Excellence and execution, and then the positive one that's caring and humble. <laughs> the one that's kind of a sleeper is positive, caring, and humble, because being in a real estate environment, being in a finance environment, it's very easy to have high egos. Yeah, but nothing to, uh, takes away trust more than the sense that someone is working their agenda and their plan and is moving people out of the way to to work their agenda. Yeah. And that works not only as the, by the way, the deliverer, but the receiver. We we have a partnership that's been in existence for 13 years, and we've been friends for 35 years. And without that ability to receive feedback in a humble, self-reflective way, it doesn't go very far. (laughs) A partnership doesn't go very far. And and certainly the that culture within our company uh, runs the same way. Yeah, I often think that the most powerful stance is an open-handed stance. If you're in a fighting position, if you're playing defense, you're uh, you're at risk for hubris. You're at risk for making ego-driven decisions. Yeah, uh, you can you can ruin things that way. But to be positive, caring, and humble, it, it's a tight balance. We we often talk about the both and. Like on the one hand, you have to be confident enough to execute extreme with ownership. tens of millions of yep. dollars on a plan you believe in. Yeah. On the other hand, you have to be open-handed and and open to criticism from the market, from your teammates, yeah. um, from wherever. And you have to make those two things happen together. And then you have to make decisions. And to have an environment that supports both of those things, both and, yeah. uh, is core to who we are. And to where we've gotten so far. And one of the things that we strive for borrowing from the Netflix culture is stunning colleagues. Well, there's a good and a bad to that. <laughs> it's all good in the end, but you know, stunning colleagues, obviously from the outside, it's like, well, yeah, I want to be around people that are great. Well, the downside is you're around people that are exceptional and it requires all of us to increase our A game. And that if you don't have the right mindset going into that, that can be really challenging. So what about you as a leader though? What about you as a co-CEO? What happens when the talent uh, grows around you? How have you handled that? Yeah, Um, it's beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful because I think one thing that we've learned as we bring on more and more exceptional talent is there is so much that I don't know. And w- people who operate as though they're the CEO because they are the keeper of the knowledge mm-hmm. don't get very far. They end up being the pie maker. They're the ones that know the recipe really well, and that's great. You keep making pies, but you're you're not going to become an owner of a company or an entrepreneur yeah. unless you move beyond thinking that you have the knowledge. Yeah. And so I've I've actually found it really rewarding when people come into our organization. And there's there are gems of knowledge, wisdom, experience that we didn't even expect. Yeah, you know. 
when we started this podcast a year or so ago, I think we were 16 or 17 people. Today we're at 42. Yeah. We've seen rapid growth. A lot. Of, we have five people with the title of vice president now. All of them have, well, most of them have 20 plus years of experience and all of them have more than 15 years of experience. And yeah. uh, all of them have been exceptional at other companies. Yeah. So it's a radically different environment than when we started. And I, personally, I feel like I'm doing the best work of my life uh, in that I've had to sort of raise my game to hang with this group. Yep. But at the same time, uh, the joy has been in the handoffs. The joy has been in the, uh, we want people to come here at our company and do the best work of their entire lives. Like people have a career arc and we want them to arc here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we have people of all different ages who and all might different have thought stages they arced at their, their last job, career. but they're arcing here. Yeah. And they're excited about it and we're excited about it. And so in many ways, I find my job to be a cheerleader and supporter and, and a more of a coach. It's not, Hey guys, let's do this. It's, Hey, tell me, tell me what you're thinking. Why are you thinking that? What's your strategy here? What are you worried about? And if you start with that sort of coaching conversational environment, uh, it gets to better decisions and you're not trying to tell a players how to do a great job. You're, you're trying to find little spots, blind spots for them and they appreciate it. Yeah. And you know, kind of back to creating a mentoring environment, you're, we're leaving opportunity on the table if we don't have an environment where it is easy to tap the knowledge of these exceptional yeah. people. We all have wisdom in our areas. And if you don't have an environment that allows the latitude for people to reach out and say, how did you do this? How, yeah. how did you handle that? Uh, I think that's really important. And part of it is creating a physical environment that fosters that mentoring. Yeah. So we have level 10 meetings on a weekly basis, and this is an opportunity for people of all, you know, I guess, ranks within the company to be together and be able to talk about issues, talk about concerns, and be able to, to bring that forum out. The other thing that we have is a very robust internship program. And a, a kind of secret sauce about an internship program is certainly hey, I've got interns, they can do the filing and, you know, that sort of thing. But by regularly having interns and regularly having people that are fresh out of college, uh, that have very little work experience in the work environment, it kind of creates an environment where by, by default, by necessity, where we are in a mentor, mentoring mind frame at all times. Yeah. We see that as part of our mission, uh, not just like, we got these young people we got to do something with, but like our, in part of our give back is that we are going to honor these young people and we are going to uh, bring them into our culture. We're going to put time into them and we don't expect some of them have stayed. Some of them have moved on. Some of them were in the middle of college yeah. and we see that as like, great. We played a, a part in their lives and their world and they're going to go back into the world and make it a, a better place. Yeah. So. You know, one of the other things that, that we do to help foster that mentoring environment is cross-functional job shadowing. Uh, we're, we're officially starting the program in a more formal way uh, this month, actually. But the idea is that we have finance and accounting p- part of the organization, and we have the operations part of the organization, the property as- management, the asset management. Yeah. And in many organizations, those are very siloed. And, and as we grow, we have to 
consciously figure out ways for those two not to silo in a ineffective way. Yeah. And part of how we're doing that is making sure that every person in operations spends a day in accounting and understands the you know, the various roles and aspects within the, the finance department and vice versa. Mm-hmm. That the finance people are out at the property receiving rent or uh, you know meeting with a vendor alongside an operations person so that they get a, a better sense of the the properties and the operation side of things. Yeah. I think there's an idea at our company too, which is the idea of mentoring up. And we're at a small enough size, maybe this will be more difficult as we get larger. But mentoring up happens when when team members come here and change the organization in, in a little bit. Um, I, I think that each person who endeavors to have a career in business or someplace like our company has in their heart some way that they, something they've really wanted to do. Most people who come here have been at a few companies before. They saw things that, that went great or didn't go so great. And what I encourage people to do, and I, I think our culture encourages, is what is to ask them, what are you, how are you going to make your mark at this company? So some people ask us, well, what's the great state away? And the answer is, well, we've got some culture pillars, and we've, here's how we've done it so far. But we are big believers in that what got us to here won't get us to there. And to get to there, we need bright people like you who are willing to come and honor us with the gift of your, your goals in life, your knowledge, your, what you've learned. And whether that's in accounts receivable or asset management or portfolio management or yeah. whatever, rent collection, it, come here and help us create that thing which hasn't been created yet. Lead that charge within the company and we'll, we'll treat that as this precious thing. And I think that in, in a way, like we mentor down, but the greatest honor we get is when people mentor up, even if they're in the mental or middle of the organization or bottom end of the organization, that they're going to come and punch above their weight, yeah. that they're going to bring ideas and they're going to lead those, that they're going to be vulnerable. Yeah, That is the greatest gift that team members can bring to our company. And I think that uh, we've done really well by honoring that gift from them. Yeah. And I think one of the most rewarding parts of the stage of business that we're in also is that we're able to blend our business and our uh, desire to improve the community that we live in. So one of the examples that is very near and dear to us is the, the Griseta Scholars Program. Yeah. Where on the one hand, potentially we're, we're bringing a pipeline of strong candidates that may decide to work for our organization. But when you really get down to the why, you know, we, we live in the Central Valley, uh, the improving the overall status of the Central Valley is really important to us. And this is a way to kind of touch on both of those. And if you could maybe talk a little bit about the program and how it came about. Sure. Well, I was in Florida on vacation and I was staying at the Rosen Shingle Creek Hotel and being the you know, entrepreneur type that I am. I looked up Rosen, Ken Rosen. Uh, no, Harris Rosen. Harris Rosen. <laughs> yeah, Harris Rosen. And uh, anyhow, Harris Rosen uh, developed this uh, program where he sponsored a specific neighborhood within Orlando. Harris Rosen, by the way, has got an incredible story, and I encourage you to look look him up. But uh, sponsored this one neighborhood and ultimately paid for 250 kids to go through college. Uh, and I ended up meeting him in the locker room at the hotel 
And this guy is now the largest independent owner of uh, hotel owner in, in the state of Florida. I think he owns 6% of the hotel rooms. But it's funny, I was talking to him about business, but once I asked him about this, this program, he just lit, lit up and maybe talked for 20 minutes about it. And um, anyhow, it was, it was great. So we came back and we talked about it. We said, look, we've got a neighborhood in town here, the airport neighborhood, and what a great neighborhood. But there's a lot of undocumented people. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of poverty there, but there's a lot of heart in that neighborhood. They have an outstanding little league team. Their PTA is in, like super robust at the school. There's a lot of heart there. How can we support that yeah. neighborhood? And so uh, we had our, our first Crusader Scholar happen this year. And uh, he's at this, this young man, despite having a, a pretty challenging uh, upbring, upbringing, uh, played four years of, of sports, took multiple AP classes, got accepted to Fresno State for mechanical engineering. And at the time we met him, was driving five days a week to Fresno, an hour and a half each way, and working at Johnny Carino's as a waiter or a busboy or something to make it all happen. So, yeah. so now uh, he has a, a paid-for apartment. He has paid-for um, schooling, and it's it's been a joy. So we're and you know, he'll and fortunately we'll be able to have him if he so chooses work in the office during the summers as an intern, uh, as a paid intern, and that's where. Mel, you know, bringing together our desire to do better in the community and our business is so rewarding because it allows us to do things that simultaneously improve the community and help make our business a better business. Let, let's bring it back uh, to a close here, Ryan. Let me ask what role mentorship has played in, in your life. Uh, mentorship has been tremendous in my life. I, I can think of so many people and circumstances that were pivotal in how my professional and frankly personal environment grew. I would just say that, like you mentioned earlier, um, speaking about our business coming with an open mind frame instead of a closed mind frame is so critical. There are so many people with wisdom, with experience, with perception that are ready and willing to provide that to people that are that are listening. And my hope is that in our work environment, we're creating that same environment where people can say, hey, you know, I, I need guidance. I need help. And it's and it's an environment where they can feel comfortable doing that because that has been so influential for my professional career. Yeah. What about you? I'll take it a little bit a, a different direction and to say one of my favorite quotes is from Charlie Munger, who says, uh, make friends with the imminent dead. And by that, he means read frequently. And I often tell my kids when we walk in the library, there are thousands and thousands of books here, and they are all calling out to you. Somebody took you know, months or years of their life to write their life's work on a piece of paper, and you can read it and learn from it. And at the moment, I think of Trammell Crow and his, uh, his biography, I believe it's master builder or something like that but i loved i loved who he was as a person uh his background how he built his company his relationship with his wife his dedication to his family i liked the way he built partnerships all over the country that there was this network of like respect and hard work but the kind of culture he put into his uh company inspires me to want to build a company like that he built it for 
And of course, I'm just reading the book. But as yeah. I interpret the book, like it came from a place of love and joy, not a place of tight fistedness or uh, yeah. just desire for absolute wealth, but just a just a pure expression, yeah, a mostly pure expression of creativity and joy. And I I hope to harness that in our company too. And I I think our friendship is a core piece of that. Yeah, I think that you've been a great. Uh, I've I've enjoyed learning from you. Yeah, and, uh, same here. <laughs> at this point, I see the next thirty years as an expression of creativity and joy. Yeah, and I look forward to making the world a better place. Yeah, and you you can't uh, you can't manufacture that. I mean, at the end of the day, to create an environment where people are their best self, where people are at the highest part of their career arc, you know, to use what you mentioned earlier, uh, that can only come from a place of joy and uh, desire for great things it can't it can't come from an environment that is you know authoritarian or or anything like that and i think honestly that as we look forward i think we're going to see an even more blossoming work environment uh, even more blossoming exceptionalism in the talent that we have uh, and and the best thing that we can do is foster that and and let it be what it becomes Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit grisadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investor's tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.